to think about um, revivals in this day. But you know, I look at this Scripture and I see what looks to me like a great, great revival. And I'd like to just think about that and, and, and what brought it about. And really, it was brought about by one person. One person brought this about. I'm not saying without the Lord, but I'm saying that there was one person that started this. So in the book of 2 Kings chapter 22, we read that Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And I'm not going to read all of this, but I, I just want to walk down through it and also look in, I say, 2 Chronicles. So at eight years old, he came to the throne, 2 Chronicles 34. In the eighth year of his reign, so 16 years old, he began to seek after God, the God of David, his father. In the twelfth year, so at twenty years old, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. So if you look back in chapter number 21 in Second Kings, we see that there's a man named Manasseh comes to power. And what a statement, if you could read with me, 2 Kings 21 verse 9. God sent a word to Manasseh, but listen to these words. But they hearkened not, and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. He says in in uh, Chronicles about Manasseh, the Bible said that Manasseh made Judah, this is 33.9, to err and to do worse than the heathen who the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. So Manasseh is one of the most wicked kings in the history of Judah. After him comes a man that's on the throne for two years so, this is the picture. 57 years of wickedness. 57 years when Josiah comes to the throne. 57 years of no God. 57 years that Baal is worshipped in the temple of God. 57 years that they have set up Baal, set up the altars to Baal. They've set up idolatry. They've set up images and groves and Baal, the male image, Ashtaroth, the female image, and all of that is inside the house of God. You know, it looks like, and I believe this is, I believe this is where we are in so, so many ways. It looks like that the case is absolutely hopeless. It has gone too far. It has gone so far that there's no turning back. 
But I'd like to say to us tonight, by the grace of God, the mercy of God, the intervention of God, the moving of God, that there is absolutely nothing impossible. Paul Hayden and I read this morning that the Lord said to Abraham, is there anything that is too hard for God? There's nothing too hard. But I, 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 I'd just like for you to think about this. Could you be the person? Could you be the individual, each one of us, could you be the individual that God could use that things could be (coughs) different than what they are today? The Sodomites had a house next to the house of the Lord. The Sodomites, and there, what were they? They were participants in the worship of Baal and Ashtaroth. There, right next to the house of God. I mean, it looks like an absolute impossibility that anything could ever happen for the good again. But the Word of God says to us here in Second Kings 22 that Josiah, when he was eight years old, and remember when he's 16, he begins to seek after the Lord. When he's 20 years old, he begins to cleanse Israel. You know... Where did that come from? There was a stirring of God in his heart. It was the grace of God in him as an individual. You might say, well, there must have been some priest or some Levite or some scribe. But you know what I see? I see that the the high priest is going into the house of God and he is there and all of this idolatrous worship is going on in the house of God. I don't believe he got any help from the high priest. I don't believe he got any help from the scribes. I don't believe he got anything that would be of any benefit from anybody that was associated with religion. But I believe that it was God stirring in his own heart that God began to move on him. You know, what about a young man seeking after the Lord at 16 years old? Would you say that's unusual? <laughs> Why? That, that's so out of character of mankind, it's unbelievable. But I tell you that God is working. God is going to bring about <coughs> a work through this man Josiah. So, if you'd like to read with me. So, in, in, when, he's, when he's 26 years old, Verse number 3, 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 3. And it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door have gathered of the people." And let them deliver unto the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight, and let them give unto the doers of work, which are the house of the Lord, to repair the breaches of the house. You know, that word there means a fissure, or a crack, or a leak. But in Second Chronicles, we've got a real picture of it. In Second Chronicles, the Bible said that they had to get hewn stone, they had to buy timber. They bought. They had to floor it. They had to put up rafters. I tell you, the house of God is in great disarray. 
But you know, the Lord has put it in the, in the heart of Josiah to repair the breaches that God, that through Him, there is a desire. You know, Josiah's got a desire to see the house of God in order as it should be. He's got a desire to get rid of. He's already been, if you read in Second Chronicles, he's already been for six years, he's been cleansing outwardly Judah. From, I mean, from one end of the country to the other, he's been getting rid of idolatry. But you know what he's got to do? He's got to come down to the house of God. I'll have to come down to the house of God. You know, I may look around and I may say, you know, we're... We're living in a wicked world and it's ungodly and it's awful and I don't want to be around it. But you know, our friend, what I really need to worry about is my house right here. I need to worry about the house of God. That the house of God is in repair. That the house of God is as it ought to be because there, there, if things are out of order at the house of God, a friend, everything is out of order. A friend, the reason that our country is in the shape it's in today. The reason that there's sodomites right next to the house of God is because the house of God was in disarray and because things were out of order down at the house of God. That's the beginning, folks. And I say this, that's the only hope that there is for me, for you, for my family and your family today is that things would be in order and the breaches repaired and friend that God, that everything that's in the house of God, He's going to do a cleansing in the next chapter. He's going to cleanse the house of God. He's going to get rid of Baal. He's going to get rid of Asherah. He's going to get rid of the image. He's going to get rid of the idolatry. He's going to clean the house of God. And I'll say this, friend, He didn't clean the house of God until there was a work of God done in His own heart. So as we think about this, this is what the Bible says. So he, you know, I believe it, I believe it was like this. I, I believe it's this way. He saw the outward problem. He saw that the house of God, maybe the roof was leaking, according to the Word of God, maybe part of the stone had been torn down. He saw maybe part of the floor was tore up. Maybe in their sacrifices and bringing in the altars to Baal and to Ashtaroth, maybe they destroyed some of the things in the house of God. He's going to get rid of that. But I tell you, he's looking and he's seeing the outward problem. But you know, he's not really seeing what's on the inside yet. He sees that the house of God is in disarray and there's problems with it. But I tell you, he's, he's going to get to the place, a friend, where he's sees what is needful on the inside. So the Word of God says this in verse number 8, And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, There was no reckoning made. These men that are doing the work, they're honest, they're upright, they're faithful. And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. I believe we ought to read this. If you could read it with me. In 2 Chronicles chapter number 33, chapter 34, chapter 34 and verse number 14. 34 and 14. And when they brought out the money into the house, into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found a book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. 
Now, you see where the book's at? The book is in the treasury. And they're thinking all the treasury is all of this money. But I think there's something greater in the treasury than all the money to repair the outside of the house. There's something there in the treasury uh, that they, not, I, I, I mean the Word of God says in Kings, uh, the book that was lost. I have found the book. I have found the book of the law. My God, when they begin to drag the money out, uh, friend, there was a treasured place. There they found the real treasure. I thought about this as I was thinking on this. Uh, friend, that man that came from Ethiopia and came up to Jerusalem to worship, you know who he was? He was the treasure of the queen of Ethiopia. And he's coming back from Jerusalem, headed back to Ethiopia, and he's got a little portion of the Word of God. Maybe Isaiah chapter 53. You know what he's got? Praise God. He's got a treasure in his hand. Ah, but he doesn't know it. He reads it. And as he's reading it, ah, Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? Oh, how can I unless some man ah, guide me? Unless some man open it unto me? A friend right here in the house of God was the greatest treasure. It wasn't the money to put rafters on it. It wasn't the money to put a new floor in it. I tell you the greatest treasure there is. It's the Word of God. No greater treasure can we find. And you know something today? I believe it's lost in a many a home today. How the Word of God is lost. It's hid under the things of this world and the Word of God is lost today. Hilkiah said, I have found the book. I have found the book. You know, he says a book in a place or two, but he says the book. Thank God for the book. And again, that Word of God said when they brought out the money, you might not think that this really means anything, but would you agree with me that every word in the Word of God is important? I believe in Second Chronicles when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law. And Hilkiah said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book. I have found the book of the law. Oh, I'll tell you, friend, right here's the means for reformation. Right here's the means to rebuild. Right here's the means for a change in Israel. Right here's the means for Judah how to come to God. Right here's the means, a friend, that you and I can get out from under the curse. Right here's the means for our family to be saved. Here is the means for us to be encouraged. Here is the means when the devil says you can't have it. When the devil says it's gone too far. I'll tell you, praise God. Here's the means, a friend, that things can be turned again. The book. The book. Imagine that there was only one copy. I believe it's in Deuteronomy. He said, when the king comes, let him sit down and write a copy of the Word of God. You know, Josiah had nobody. The Word of God was gone. The Word of God was hidden under the rubbish. 
The word of God was hidden by the money. The word of God was hidden by Baal. The word of God was hidden by the things of the world. The word of God was lost. I have found the book. That's what he says in, in, in Kings 22. He says this, And Hilkiah the priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law. Oh my, what about that? You know something? He went to the right place to find it. Thank God it was in the treasury of the house of the Lord. That's where we're going to find it. Oh friend, and let me say this to you today. You know where we ought to find that? It ought to be written according to David on the tables of our heart. I'm not not, not overcome. Not, not, not in rubbish. I'm not uh, hidden by the things of this world. But oh, if we could, I find the book. I'll tell you, if we could, could be in love with the book. If we could be in love with the God of the book. Not just have a copy of the book, but I tell you, know the God of the book. A friend in our heart and our lives, I would be so in love with the Word of God. I'll tell you this, friend, maybe you don't think of it this way, but this is God's love letter to you as an individual. God said, I love you. Let me show you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about my love for you. And He wrote it down. My God I have found the book. 57 years. The book. I don't know that it was gone all 57. I can't say that. But I know there was 57 years of wickedness. 57 years of ungodliness. And I don't know if Hilkiah's the high priest. Where is the book? What is he operating on? How is he conducting? If the altar of Baal, the altar of Asheroth, if, if the images and the grove and the molten images and the carved images are all inside the house of God, how's He operating? Well, there ain't nothing to it. But He said, I have found the book. Isn't that something? He recognized it. He recognized the book. He recognized the Word of God. He recognized it though it had been lost and though it had been gone for a long time. The Bible said in Hilkiah, Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book. Oh my, you know something? This book, ladies and gentlemen, this book, a knowing, a knowing about the book, but forgotten. Knowing, you know this, in the book, ladies and gentlemen, I reveals unto me my sin. In the book, reveals unto me the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book, friend, is a revelation of God's promises and God's wonderful grace and mercy toward us. In the book, I'll tell you, outside of the book, I have no hope. When I look around the outside, when I look at, at, at the outward circumstances, you know it looks absolutely hopeless, doesn't it? It does. I know. I know. And the devil says it's no use. Well, are we going to believe him or are we going to believe the book? I mean, you talk about a man in a bad situation. Eight years old, comes to the throne. No God around for 57 years. 
and every wicked thing that is promoted is right in the house of God. Why, it looks hopeless, doesn't it? It does. But listen. Listen to what the book says. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. Now I want you to notice this. And Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again. Said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was found in, in the house and delivered it unto the workmen. Hilkiah nor Shaphan, either one, are affected by finding the book. Isn't that an awful thing? That the book has been lost. The book has been covered up. The book has been hidden. The book has been forgotten. And when they find the book, there is, by the best I can tell, they are absolutely unaffected by the book. Now look, folks, are we not in that world today? Are we not in a world today that thinks that the Word of God is for the old fogies? That's for a time gone by. That's for years and years ago. That's not for me. That's not, that's not the way I'm going to live. I'm not going to live under that. And friend, people are unaffected by the book. But I tell you, that wasn't so for Josiah. Listen to what the Bible says. <laughs> And Shaphan the scribe shewed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest had delivered me a book. I don't believe he even realizes it's the book. He's delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king heard the words. When the king heard the words of the book, of the law that he rent his clothes. My God, he's affected. He's affected, isn't he? The high priest may not be affected. The scribe may not be affected. But Josiah is affected. You know, I, I don't really know how much he read. I have no idea. He might have only read a, 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 a few verses. He might have only read maybe a, just a little bit. But I say this, by the Word of God, the Word of God says this, He rent His clothes. Oh, you think about this? Uh, friend, what does that mean? I believe He's saying this. I believe He's saying just like Isaiah said. I believe He's saying, Woe is me! Oh God, when I hear what's written in this book and I look at the situation we're in and I look at our country and I look at our family and I look at the disarray and I look how it looks so impossible and I read out of the book, Oh God, woe is me. And oh God, He rent His clothes. I tell you, I believe there was a fear there. I believe that there was a fear of destruction. I believe there was a fear, a friend, that there was no hope that God was going to bring destruction upon Judah. Listen to what he says in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse number 15. Deuteronomy 28 verse 15. But it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all of His commandments and His statutes, which I command thee this day, 
that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. I don't know that that's what he read. Boy, it sure does fit his actions, doesn't it? It sure does look like that what he heard I brought such a place, I brought such a fear in his life that he rent his garment. I believe he's saying, woe is me. And you know something? I believe Josiah, he's not putting all the blame on everybody else. Uh, Josiah is not saying, uh, God, it's all their fault and it's because of the people. Oh no, he's putting himself in there. Listen to what he says. He says, and it came to pass when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he read his clothes. And when the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahikim, and Shaphan, and Akbor, and Micaiah, and Shaphan the scribe, Asiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me. You know something? Oh, I believe there was something in his heart. And he said, Surely God, surely Lord, this is not the last word. Surely God, this is not all there is. Lord, surely there's an opportunity. Surely God, there would be another word. Oh, I thank God that's not the only word. The word of destruction is not the only word. But he said, Go and inquire of the Lord. Is there another word? Wouldn't you like to have another word besides this? Is there another word? He's going. He's sending them to get another word. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter number 36 and 23. 36 and 23. Jehoiakim is sitting on the throne. And there's a man brings the word. This is what the book says. Jeremiah 36. And it came to pass, verse 23, that when Jehuda had read three or four leaves, Jehoiakim, there's a fire. It's winter time. It's about January. They got a fire in the fireplace. The king's sitting in front of the fireplace, and the scribe is reading the word of God. Jehoiakim takes a pen knife and cuts the word of God in pieces, throws it in the fire. And listen to what the word of God says. And he cut three or four leaves, and he cut it with a pen knife and cast it into the fire. And there was that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. I ask you this, friend. Can I get away from the Word of God? Can I change the Word of God? I can't change the Word of God. Jehoiakim is going to cut it with a knife and throw it in the fire. But you know what the Lord's going to do? They're not fearful. Thank God uh, Josiah was fearful. Josiah rent his garments. Josiah asked, is there another word? Is there something else? Is there something more to what uh, God has said besides this? But the Word of God says about about uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter number 36. The Bible said the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll and the words which Barak had wrote 
at the mouth of Jeremiah, saying, Take thee another roll, and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim uh, the king of Judah had burned. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast burned this roll, saying, Why hast thou written therein? Saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land. You know what the Lord did? I tell you, God added more words to it. The only hope that there is, ladies and gentlemen, is us to beg God for another word. The only hope that there is is that God would give us a word of grace. That God would give us a word of mercy. I bet God, and you know, you know where that's going to begin? That's going to begin in my heart. That's going to begin in your heart. That began in Josiah's heart. The Bible said that he rent his clothes. My friend, the Bible, I believe that he was fearful. I believe there was a great dread. I believe that he could look around and he could see the wickedness. And when he, when he heard the word that came out of the book, I thought he, I believe he thought, God, you're going to bring judgment. Judgment's coming. I believe we could say this that judgment is coming to the nation. Maybe maybe we could read just a little bit more in Second Kings. Second Kings twenty two fifteen. Gone to Huldah, the prophetess. Thus saith the Lord, verse 15. Now listen to this. Verse 15, Tell the man that sent you to me. Verse number 18. But to the king of Judah. You know what he is? He's just a man. Though he's the king, he's just a man. Tell the man, tell the man that sent you to me. You know what he is? By the Word of God, this is what he says. Go inquire of the Lord, verse, uh, uh, back to verse number 13. Go ye inquire of the Lord for me. Is he fearful of judgment coming to his house? He's fearful that judgment's coming to his house. Go and inquire of the Lord for me. That's not all. And also, you know something? He admits his guilt. He admits his fault. He admits his need. He admits his sin. But he also is not just inquiring of the Lord concerning him, but he's concerned about the rest of the people too. He's concerned about the rest of the family of God. Go inquire the Lord for me and for the people, and for all of Judah concerning the words of this book that is found for great. Great is the wrath of God, of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of the book to do according to all that is written. Oh, you know what's here? There's been a disregard to the Word of God. There's been a disregard for the Word, for the book. There's been a disregard and there's been a disobedience in the Word of God. And Josiah is saying, please go and inquire. See if there's another word that we can hear. Huldah's got a word. Thank God there's a word. 
tell the man. Verse 16, Kings 22, 16. Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah hath read. You know, I read over in the book of Zechariah, chapter number 1. A friend, this word of the Lord, what does it do? Is the word of God? Listen to Zechariah chapter 1, verse 3. Therefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye, turn ye to me, saith the Lord, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. You know something? Isn't it wonderful that God initiates it? Isn't it wonderful that God uh, speaks to us? That God brings us a word uh, that we can realize that destruction is coming? And friend, not only that, but God initiates and He says, He says to us, the Lord, if you'll come to me, I'll come to you. He said, thus saith the Lord, I will, if you'll turn to me, saith the Lord of hosts, turn you unto me. My God, it's exactly like was said this morning, a friend by our brother, who came seeking Adam? Who came came seeking Eve. Who came to where they were? Here they were hid. You know where the Word of God is? The Word of God is hid. But thank God the Word of God has been found. And in the Word of God is judgment. But there's also also a word of encouragement. There's a word of grace. There's a word of mercy. Thus saith the Lord, Zechariah 1.3 Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Be not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, The Lord of hosts, turn ye now, turn ye now from your evil ways and evil doings. But they did not hear, nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? Where's the prophets that prophesied to them? They're gone. Your fathers, where are they? The prophets? Do they live forever? But my word, my words and my statutes which I command my servants, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? And they returned and said, Lo, as the Lord of hosts ought to do unto us, according to our ways and according to our doings, so hath He dealt with us. You know something? God's just, isn't it? But isn't it wonderful that there's another word not only do I have Deuteronomy 28.15, I've got another word. i got a word in Zechariah. Turn to me and I'll turn to you. I'm going to bring destruction because they have forsaken me. Burned incense to other gods, they have provoked me. Psalm chapter number 9 and verse number 17 said, The wicked shall be turned into hell with all nations that forget God. You know something, folks? If God's word's true, the United States of America is headed for absolute destruction. What about me? What about you? What about Josiah? There's a wonderful word here. A wonderful word. I'm going to destroy the nation, God said. Huldah said, you tell him. You tell him that they provoke me to anger. 
They've forsaken me. They burned incense to other gods. And the fire and the, that is kindled in my wrath shall not be quenched nationally. But to the, isn't that wonderful? But, isn't that wonderful? You remember a few weeks ago, but God. You remember that, that we're on the road to hell, the devil's in control, we're headed the way of the world, we're absolutely dead in our trespasses and sin, but God. And Hulda says, God's going to destroy the nation, but tell the king, tell the king of Judah, but to the king of Judah, which sent unto you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say unto him. You know what he wanted? He wanted another word from the Lord, and praise God, he got one. Uh, friend, what God said in Deuteronomy 28, 16, or 15, that's not the final word. But there's another word to the seeker. There's another word to the brokenhearted. There's another word to the man whose heart is broken and whose spirit is uh, 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 smitten. Uh, friend, and there's another word. Tell the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, as touching which the words which thou hast heard. Listen to this verse. It says it exactly the same. In 2 Chronicles, listen to the verse. Because, because, now we read earlier that he rent his garment, that he rent his clothes. Here's the whole of it. Because thy heart was tender, soft, not hardened against God, believing what God said, Soft, the word also means soft as wax. Why do I want soft wax? Maybe the king wants to put his insignia in it. Maybe we're going to leave an impression. I tell you, friend, if our heart is tender, there's hope. If our heart is soft, if our heart is pliable, if our heart is impressionable, if our heart can be in the place that God could touch it with His hand and with His Holy Spirit, you know what He could do? He could leave an impression upon us. He could leave a mark on us. He could leave His likeness and His image on us. Because, this is what the book says, because thine heart was tender, And thou hast humbled thyself. So, self-abasement. He admits his guilt. He admits his sinfulness. He's not above the crowd. He's not above the rest of Judah. He's not above God. He's not above the Word of God. When God says, you've sinned, He says, yes, Lord, I've sinned. When He says, your heart needs to be broken. Oh, I tell you, Shaphan and Hilkiah may not have been affected by the Word of God, but Josiah was much affected by the Word of God. And I'll say this, he rent his garment and he wept. Both of those are outward. But the tenderness and the humbleness was inward. What you saw outward from Josiah, he rending his garment and weeping before the Lord was what was really going on on the inside. Again, because, 
Because thy heart was tender and thou humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou heard... You know, he didn't do this for a show. It was real. It was the real thing. And thou... And, and, and when thou heardest that I spake against this place, you humbled yourself, your heart was tender when you heard that I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and as rent thy clothes and wept before me, I also have heard thee. Because I have. Because of your action, because of your heart being broken, because of the effect of the Word of God, the Word of God, the effect that it had on you, I'm going to spare you. I'm going to hear you. I'm going to hear your prayer. I'm going to answer you. I'm going to give mercy to you. I'm going to be gracious to you because... You see, I, I need to be affected by the Word of God. I need to be affected not only me, but as I look and I see the condition of those that are around me, I see destruction coming. And you know, in a lot of ways, it looks like it's inevitable. But I tell you, by this one man, you might say, well, preacher, they fail after a while. I tell you, there was a period that they didn't fall. There was a period that they come to the Word of God. There was a period as long as Josiah was the king that they followed, they made a covenant with God, they made their vows to God, and they stood to it. Listen, folks. America may go down. And if there's not a turning, America is going down. Either that or the Word of God's a liar. But let me tell you that you and I as individuals do not have to go down with it. We do not. I tell you, even though even though nationally uh, the prophet says the nation is going to be destroyed, but to the king whose heart was tender, whose heart was humble, who rent his clothes and wept before me, let him know this, that I've heard him. Now ain't that something? That in all of the wickedness and all of the ungodliness, that here is a man that God will hear. You. You. If our heart is affected in the right way by the Word of God, by what we see around us, by the destruction that is on its way, and by the destruction. You know, God, God, God didn't orchestrate this wickedness to bring destruction. Man brought this destruction upon himself because of his turning away from God and his turning away from the book of God. You know, I, I don't know how else to say it, but just to say it like this. How in the world can I expect a good outcome when God gives me His Word? I know it, I'm aware of it, and I rebel against it. How can there be a good outcome from that? 
I'm bringing destruction upon me. I'm bringing destruction upon my family, upon my people. I'm bringing destruction. That's what happened with Israel. But thank God, in, I, I want to read it, I want to read it again over in 2 Chronicles. So the Bible says this. Verse 21, 34, 21. Go inquire of the Lord. This wrath is coming. Is there any other word? I'm going to bring evil, verse 24, nationally. I'm going to bring evil upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses that are written in the book before that you've read before the king. They've forsaken me. And as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord... So shall you say to him, Thus saith the Lord concerning the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender. Thou was, did humble thyself before God. Thou heardest his words against this place and against the inhabitants, and humble thyself before me, and didst rend thy clothes and weep before me. I have heard thee, even, even heard thee also, saith the Lord. Thank God. God heard Josiah because of his heart. You know, he says in the book of Ezra, there's been a little space given, a little time, a nail in the holy place, a place of security, a way, something to be fastened. There, there in the book of Ezra, there is an opportunity. God has given us a little reviving in our bondage. You know something, folks? By the Word of God, we're pilgrims and strangers. We're aliens alongside a world that doesn't know the God that we know. But know this, in the midst of our bondage, in the midst of ungodliness, in the midst of our enemies, God can set a table for you in the midst of your enemies. What I need to consider is what effect when I hear the Word of God, when I hear the judgment, when I hear that Jesus died, when I look and I see my family and I see your family and I see our people going away from God, when I see no interest, when I see no desire, how should it affect me? God help me that it breaks my heart, that it makes me tender, that it makes me to realize my guiltiness, that it makes me to realize how that we need the grace and the mercy and the... I have a wonderful favor of God. God help me to rend my garments, to weep before the Lord, that He might hear me. Is Josiah the only man that God would hear? I believe if my heart could come to this condition, I believe if when I hear the Word of God, if my heart and my life would come to this condition, that God would hear me. So, for a little space, a little time, read on with me in the book of Chronicles. The book of Chronicles. Verse 31, same chapter 34, 31. 
And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord, to keep His commandments, His testimonies, His statutes, with all of His heart, with all of His soul, to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. And He caused all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. Now you might say, well, He forced them. I'm going to read it, I'm going to read it out of Kings. So the Bible says this, The Bible said, And the king stood by a pillar, 23.3, and made a covenant to walk before the Lord, to walk after the Lord, to keep His commandments, His statutes, with all of His heart, all of His soul. And this covenant were written in the book, and all the people stood to the covenant. The word means agreed, accepted, concurred. Do you know what happened? By, by the desire and by the influence of Josiah the king, the rest of the people concurred with him, accepted it, believed it. Here's the king. I tell you what the Bible says about David. Uh, when David was weeping and David would not eat, when Abner was killed, our friend, they tried to get David to eat before the sun went down, and he said, No, I'm not eating. There's a great man died today. And you know what the Bible said? And whatsoever the king did, people. Can you see what an influence one man had on a whole congregation? Josiah said, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to hold the line. I'm going to uh, come into covenant with God. And the people stood to it. As Second Chronicles, he said he caused them. How did he cause them? Did he cause them to do it with a sword? Oh no. You remember what it says? Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Does that mean to drag them with a rope? No, I tell you what it means. It means that there's something going on in my heart. A couple of scriptures. The Lord told Moses. I'm sure the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. Exodus 3 verse 20. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders. And I will do in the midst thereof. And after this, he will let you go. Listen. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when you go out, you shall not go out empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor, and her sojourneth in her house jewels of silver, jewels of gold, raiment, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, and you shall spoil the Egypt. You know what God did? God made Israel to be favored in the eyes of Egypt. 12.36, Exodus 12.36. Exodus 12.36. and the children of Israel, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. Whatever David did, the people were happy to do what he did. Josiah's got such a work of God going on in his heart and in his life. And he is so moved by the Word of God that he is instigating. He is bringing others to that same, uh, to that same covenant. 
you might think this is silly, but here's something that is carnal in one way and fleshly, but it's spiritual in another. Wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, lost, they're lost. They also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wife. <laughs> now, you mean that the behavior of a wife could have an influence on her husband? It's what Peter said. So if you and I were in tune with God and God was blessing us and God was hearing our prayer, could we have an influence on those around us? Josiah did. Josiah did. Read just a little more with me. Just a little more. So this is what the book says. 30, 2 Chronicles 34, 31 the king stood in his place. Look at 35, 10. And the priests stood in their place. And the Levites in their courses. Go down with me to verse number 15. And the singers, the son of Asap, were in their place. The Bible says about Gideon, and every man stood in his place round about the camp. And you know what the Bible also says about Gideon? God said to Gideon, Gideon, you're going to smite the, the Midianites as one man. It says that, honest. So does one man make a difference? Just think about one man for just a minute. How about the one man Adam? We heard this morning what the one man Adam did. How about the one man, the Lord Jesus Christ? Did that change your life? What about the one man, Noah? What about the one man, Abraham? What about the one man, Gideon? What about the one man, Daniel? Joseph? What about the one man, Paul? So we, as one man, he says to us here, They gave willingly. You know what Josiah is going to do? Josiah is going to give, and he's going to give out of his own substance. Verse number 7, chapter 35. The priests gave willingly. The chief of the Levites gave. Everybody's given. Listen to what the Bible says, 34, 33. And Josiah took away all the abominations of all the countries that pertain to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And all his days they departed not from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. Let me tell you something. Judah is going to be destroyed, but not while he's living. 
There was no Passover and there was no man. It says that about two people. It says it about Hezekiah and Josiah. There was no man that followed God like this man. That's, that's all that's on my heart. I, 